the mess and the magic. This is a space for us to explore the depth of our humanity and the exquisiteness of our divinity. An opportunity to lean into our shadows and recognize them as the keepers of the gifts we came here to deliver. And an invitation to recalibrate our inner lens so we can experience the magic embedded in every corner of life. I am Andrea Gomez, your guide and companion. Welcome. Hello, my loves. We are in for an interesting ride today. <laughs> so, you might have seen the title of this podcast, and I decided to call it The Shadow Party. And a shout out to my dear friend, Fee Bell. Because this came through a conversation that we were having and it was the sort of seed of contemplation for something that we both felt it was really true. And yeah, and in that spirit, I was like, yes, I feel it in my bones. I feel it moving through me. I feel the potency of this. Let me bring it out into your beautiful heart through this platform and these um, sort of beautiful acoustic package, if we will. <laughs> so, as always, I'm going to invite you to take a deep breath. I just did. That's really good. Let's do it again. And fully land here, where we are. It was really good to share this time and space together. And let's jump into the shadow party. <laughs> so this idea came through my own contemplation of the gene keys. And by now, if you've listened to a couple of the previous episodes, you know that the gene keys have been very instrumental in my latest um, exploration of the world inside of me and the world outside of me. It's a beautiful transmission with powerful, beautiful, poetic language. And one of the things that it's central to its teaching is the different bandwidths of the collective and, um, yeah, of the, of, of the frequencies that we swim in that are part of us that are encoded in our dna so you've got the shadow frequency and at the shadow frequency i think the theme the general theme is that life is happening to you so that's sort of like the flavor of when you're dancing in the shadows is life is happening to you right then we got the next um, flavor, which is an evolution of the shadow, which is like a an emergence of that shadow, and that's the gift. And in the gift, you you will have that sense of life happening is happening for you. So you can see how you transition from this sort of victim pattern in the shadow 
into these sort of more creative, edgy, um, alchemical state, which is the gift. Like it's it's when you're in the gift, you are alchemizing the shadow. That's sort of like the the dance between them. And then at the highest expression, you have the CDs, and the CDs are these bright, high levels of consciousness. And when we taste that, or where we are in that frequency, life is happening through us. So at the shadow, life is happening to you. In the gift, life is happening for you. And in the CD, life is happening through you. At the CD level, there is no resistance, no interference, no... It's just pure consciousness being aware of itself. And those are very precious, very mystical and very deep, deep um, energies that we can tap into when we contemplate the CDs. So this particular episode, although it's called The Shadow Party, it's an invitation to not camp on the shadows. (laughs) So... In my personal experience, I feel like I came into the world of spirituality and personal development and quite frankly just the awareness of myself through the light path, right? So I came into it through, we can call it the initial phase of of self-discovery, which is um, can be, not always, in my experience. It was all these like excitement and and almost like this innocence of the of the beauty that was available, you know, like the magic, the how do you work with crystals and with cards and the angels and all these very um, beautiful high vibration, and at the same time I had I came through it with this like innocence of like this is very fresh for me. I was like almost like a fresh child in the world of um spiritual awareness. And and I spent a good time there, a couple of years. And then as it happens, <laughs> um life itself just started being challenging. And I had challenges that I somehow felt like I couldn't um, apply my tools, like my spiritual tools, the one that I had been collecting already for years that have been wonderful and beautiful and had gave me so much um, fun and release and excitement and um, transformation. They were no longer applying. It was almost like I was entering these different frequency where it was... All the things that I had collected were no longer applying and I, I needed a different kind of medicine, but I didn't know what it was. And that's when shadow work appeared. And it's beautiful looking at, at it back right now. <laughs> like I'm having that this insight like in real time. Um, how the medicine appeared when I needed it the most... And yet, back then, I felt like I was just being left alone in the dark and I didn't know what was happening. But it appeared. 
it appeared in the form of shadow work and people and teachers that were really into that. And, and I almost like left all the things that I had collected and all the tools and the teachers and all the stuff that I had collected in that first initial phase. And I dove right straight into the core of my pain. And then I was really experiencing what it was like to, you know, to dig into my psyche, into my traumas, into my childhood, into the things that I felt like I missed or the things that are, that were, you know, done or, um, you know, all these experiences that were hard, that I didn't have the tools to process, that stayed in my body, that sort of like locked themselves in my psyche and and that I was carrying them and I didn't know how to work them through and I had no real understanding of what was going on. And, and I purged a lot. That was also years where I first entered it because I felt like there was nothing else that would help me. Then I started understanding the depth of that and the depth of working with the shadow and the traumas and the pain. And then an interesting thing happened. And it was the fact that in that pain and in that shadow and in that shadow work, I had found community. I had found a sense of not being alone with my pain. I found a sense of people that were sort of like into the same. And I quite frankly feel like I mistaken that for true connection. And what I then <laughs> happened to do was like I decided to camp there. And I almost like set myself a camping site <laughs> on the shadow side and in so many ways started to over-identify myself with the shadows that I was experiencing. Over-identifying myself with the pain and the traumas and I would have like, you know, friends where we would get together and a lot of the conversations would be about triggers and what was triggered in us and why we were triggered and all these things. <laughs> so it was a pretty funky time, if you <laughs> can tell. <laughs> if you've been there or you are there, you know like how that feels. And then equally as I went into it, I felt called into something else. At the time that that starting decaying somehow. And I feel like the best way to describe that feeling of decay. Mm, is like if you are. You know picture yourself in a beautiful summer day. And you're out and it's sunny. It's warm. It's delicious. It's green. And something within you. Just picks up a. It can be a, something in the air, it can be a, a specific plant, something that is already announcing that autumn is coming. That level of sensitivity, that level of 
intuitive knowing was what I felt back then. I didn't have the language or the understanding that that was what was going on, (laughs) but I felt it. I felt like I was ready for something different that was not camping in the shadows. And then I came, let's say, on the other side of that, again, through teachers and the medicine always presented itself in the form of, again, different streams of thought, different techniques, different teachings, different people, different community. It always did present itself. And that's the beautiful insight that I'm having now. Um, As again, in real time. (laughs) That the medicine always presents itself. And, And I started learning about different things. And I started integrating those practices that I had sort of like left behind before going into the depth of the shadow side of my psyche because I felt like they didn't work I started bringing them back in and and seeing them now from a different perspective there was no longer that naivety that comes from innocence that initial innocence but this was a more mature innocence this was the you know I guess like if I can put it in a image for you it's like that initial phase was like seeing a child and the raw beautiful innocence that they bring into the world that it's untainted and then you go through that like murky adulthood coming into you know understanding the world and that the world doesn't seem like to be what you thought it was when you were a child and all that I think that that's sort of like the shadow period and then we've got that beautiful blooming into um, into being old, older, elder, right? And if we have the gift of aging, and even if it's not in our physical bodies, we can definitely see that in other people. You know, like that innocence that older people carry. But that innocence is of like, I've seen it all. I've seen so much. And yet I can still be playful. And yet I'm still here and excited to explore and excited to see what what else would life give me. So not to mean that I'm in that elder phase. I'm 32. (laughs) But spiritually, I do feel like I have gone through those cycles. And they're cycles. There are points in time where I will dive more into what the shadows are about. And sometimes I've feel like I just want to come out and play again and it's a very natural process and it has to be allowed to be fluid in that way but one of the things that I know for sure and that's like the (laughs) theme of this episode in particular is this idea of over identifying ourselves with our shadows and and creating strong identities around them. And when you start opening and digging and diving into the jinkies and you see all these places where certain shadows play out more in your life, 
it's very, very good to see them for what they are, but not overindulge them. Like, don't go and rub them all in all the time. <laughs> because here is the thing. When, when you do that, you're missing the gift that is always within the shadow. So instead of pulling out that gift and turning that shadow into fuel for a creative transformation, it's almost you just like stuck swimming in the fuel, but fuel in and of itself, like raw fuel, won't take you anywhere, right? You need an engine that transforms that fuel into movement, into creation, into color, into shape, into whatever that is, right? So that's the the thing that I want to invite you to consider today. In which ways are you overindulging your own shadows? Also, because here is the thing, and this is my personal experience as well. When I there's a particular quality in in my shadows, and I feel you know speaking around the um, Jinkies language, there is this shadow of chaos. And that particular shadow speaks a lot to me. Like I have it in um, in my profile, and and it's there's very key placements of that shadow within me. And I feel that when I'm dancing in that chaos, when I'm like submerged in it, and sometimes I'm aware of it, and sometimes I'm not. But when I'm in that frequency, when I'm in in that life is happening to me, and everything is chaotic, I feel like that chaos frequency is just the sort of shadow that calls everyone else. (laughs) If shadows were just um, characters, this chaos frequency would be the one that picks up the phone and sends like text and voice notes and calls people to come and join the freaking shadow party. We're throwing a shadow party and every shadow is welcome. So then, you know, it starts with chaos and then it, you know, brings in other shadows that I have, like expectation and failure and hunger and limitation and distraction and domination and struggle, like indifference, mediocrity. Like these are all the freaking shadows that are alive and active within my profile, And I feel like when I'm dancing in that chaos, these are all freaking invited to a shadow party. And I'm saying this with a lot of grace and humor and tender love and care for all the times that my past self has been in that place. Right now, from where I'm sharing this story, I'm not in it, so I can see it with a little bit of humor. But when I'm in it, it freaking sucks. It's awful, it's painful, it's dark, I don't see the clarity, I cry a lot, it disrupts a lot of my energy, Um, but what I'm learning recently, and again, this is very much like notes from a student in the field, I'm not sharing these out of like, I've nailed this. By no means. I don't think I'll ever do that. But um, 
it's like, wow, when I'm aware of that, when I'm aware that I'm, you know, that this chaos energy is hosting this party within me, and then I start seeing how one thought leads to the next, and then suddenly we are here in this uh, ocean of really disruptive energy. That that awareness in and of itself sometimes is enough to silence the party. It's almost like, you know, someone just comes in and flips the switch on, the lights are on, the party's over, please everyone get out, we're gonna vacuum the place and clear up everything and restore and restore the peace. <laughs> so that's how it feels sometimes for me. And again, my invitation to you is to see how how that might be also true for you, if it is true for you. How sometimes some of these more shadow frequencies call in a party within you and suddenly you are immersed in a party of really erratic energy. And... And how your awareness is the way to at least flick on the light. And even if it takes days to kick everyone out of your house, metaphorically, if it takes days or weeks to clear up the whole place again and restore harmony within you, it doesn't matter. What it matters is that you became aware. And that awareness is what does the work. I think that we've certainly heard that a lot. That awareness is the first step. And I recently had a light, bold moment around that. And it's like, what if... Instead of, you know... Okay, let me backtrack. <laughs> when, when I have those awareness moments... The awareness comes, it washes over me, I feel it in my body, I let it move through. And pretty much, very soon enough, my mind is like, okay, but what are we going to do about it? You know, how do we change this thing? How do we change that pattern? We've seen it, we've been able to identify it or whatever. What are we going to do about it? And recently, a really precious thing landed on me. And it's in the lines of... What if I don't have to do anything? What if the awareness is actually the one that does the work for me? It's not that I have to go and engage or do something or, you know, like if I can allow the, the awareness of that insight and that breakthrough or that aha moment to move itself through me. Like if I can allow that awareness to move itself through my life, through my actions, through my behavior, without interruption, don't you think there's like change on the other side? My feeling was like a resounding yes. I landed on that and I was like, oh, oh. And then the excitement, right? I'm like, oh, let me just see like if this actually happens. Let me see if this is actually true for me. 
So my invitation, again, is to see when you are in that shadow party, if you can let awareness come in, and then if you can allow awareness to do its thing, let her do her thing. She is fully on capable of changing and recoding patterns so deep that your mind can't even go there. Like your mind cannot even understand, comprehend, take you there. But awareness does, as long as we don't interfere with it, right? As long as we're not attaching all these expectations to how the awareness is going to change our lives, right? Just let it. Just let it move through. And from what I'm finding, again, notes from the student on the field, it is freaking incredible and delightful. And it infuses me with a whole, whole lot of energy. And as a closing note, this also came through that conversation that I had with Fee, um, my friend from where this came through. And it was around the world's shadows, the collective shadows. And here is also something that I feel we often forget. And it is that this world is a whole fractal. The universe is a fractal. So the micro is a representation of the macro. You know, what ha what's happening in a cell in your body is what ha what's happening in yourself, you know, as an organism. We have all these, you know, you can zoom in bit by bit by bit by bit by bit by bit. But you can also zoom out and there is somehow this fractal energy, right? The patterns of the macro are the patterns of the micro. And the patterns of the micro are patterns of the macro. So... I want to offer these because I feel it's really, really important for us to ground a little bit of this energy into our bodies and into our collective field too. It is, I would say, I don't think it's easy. It's just like inevitable sometimes to look outside to the world at large and feel deeply, deeply discouraged, hurt angry, upset, resentful. Hopeless, purposeless, tired. All these things, right? It's it's inevitable. As as it's going to be inevitable inevitable <laughs> to face your own shadows. You're not transcending them. You're learning about them. Right? So all these shadows I mentioned to you before in that shadow party that I, you know, a part of me always throws 
<laughs> the frequencies within me throw, right? I'm not here to transcend those shadows. I'm here to learn about them and transform them in my living experience. But they're always there. And they're going to be there. And there's going to be a point in time where they don't drive my behavior. Which is what we want. Ultimately, it's not about getting rid of it. It's about how can we transform ourselves enough so that our shadows are no longer driving our behavior. But there we're welcoming them. We see them. We see what they're, you know, the nature of them. And then we choose. We have a choice to transform them, to do something about them, to be aware of them sometimes. Again, awareness. I just be the only thing that you actually have to do and the rest is just done by the awareness itself. So, your own personal shadows, like your contact with that, is if you see it as, as a fractal, your contact with your own personal shadows are also mirrored in the collective. But here is the thing. Are you going to camp on the shadow? Are you going to over-identify yourself with the shadow? Is that the only thing that you're going to see? Because if that is the thing, then we are reinforcing that vibration of life is happening to us. Therefore, we are reiterating and co-creating that frequency of of victimhood and I'm talking about frequency I'm not talking about specific events and this is huge so this is this is something that I really need you to come to me with right like th this is good context we're reinforcing that idea that life is happening to us Right? When we are overindulging our shadows. So the same happens at a collective level. If our attention is so much on the shadows of the world, we are overindulging that, those problems and we are not able to see how we can transform that. So this is not about bypassing. I'm not talking about that. This is not about wishy-washing the, the pain and, you know, the density of the world. This is about acknowledging it. This is about bringing awareness to it. And this is about choosing to focus on how can you be of service, truthfully. How can we serve the whole, everyone, everything? Starts with ourselves and it expands into everything we touch. So is there a possibility within you that you 
say, take 10 to 20% of your attention to be present with the shadows within you and the shadows in the collective. And then that 80 to 90% of the other capacity of your of your consciousness, of your awareness, is then funneled into the gifts and the cities, right? Into the possibilities of change, into the possibilities of something different, into the possibilities of of the gift that is hidden within each shadow, right? How much of your attention can be put into the holding of the shadow until it reveals its gift and then exploring the gift full on, like full, full body exploration of what that gift looks like. So to give you an example, very personal. <laughs> the shadow of distraction is an important shadow for me, speaking Jinky's language. And it only takes a hot second to look into the world and see how distraction plays so much, right? We're distracted by infinite things. And we have attributed that distraction to technology, but distraction is an inner thing. Distraction is an inner um, process. That then, of course, it gets reflected because the micro is the macro and the macro is the micro, right? In our distraction for technology. To just put an example. But the gift within distraction is enrichment. It is the quality of knowing, discerning, when distraction is actually a healthy thing. So to give you an example, I could be completely distracted in that shadow frequency, scrolling through Instagram endlessly, Finding like the next thing, you know, like how we scroll through the feed first and then scroll through the story second. And then now there's the opportunity of scrolling through reels and then, you know, and then when I'm done sort of like with the people that I know, then I go into like the search feed and I'm just like looking at feeds of people that I don't even know. Just to give you an example. That is distraction at its shadow side. I'm sort of like disconnected and then my awareness is just shuffling through things. Then there is this other quality, the enrichment quality, which is exactly rooted in that distraction, but it plays out different. Say I, I have been, I don't know, maybe I wake up from a dream that feels really disturbing and maybe I have to just woken up and I'm still trying to figure out what the heck that was dream was about and it's confusing and I feel it in my body and there's a lot of like <laughs> chemicals swirling through my body from that experience and I could stay with that right and like ride that wave and just like be sort of like lost in that 
initial shock of, of, of what the dream was about and not being able to start my day fully and like all these things. Or I can interrupt that with some healthy distraction and say, okay, you know what? Let's tune into this beautiful podcast or let's go and read, um, you know, just a chapter of a book I'm reading or, you know, that is actively using that quote-unquote distraction that it would be a shadow frequency unattended. I'm actually introducing it as the medicine that I need. And I can so do that when I am aware and when my focus is sort of like my lens is adjusted. And then in that, I find ideas. I find new insights. I find stuff that I didn't see before or, you know, I hear stories or I'm, I'm, I'm just like letting myself being taken to a different state by what I'm getting myself surrounded by. And that in and of itself is enriching my life in ways that I couldn't have foreseen, right? But it is through that choice of healthy distraction or enrichment that I'm transforming that shadow into a gift. That I'm expressing, I'm allowing that shadow to express itself through me as a gift rather than as a shadow. Right? So my invitation, first and foremost, and I've said this a couple times, is for you to see where you're at, right? First of all, see how much you're indulging your own shadows. How much are you camping there? How much are you over-identified with anything in particular or just the shadows in general? And then can you see how your shadows throw a party <laughs> in your energy field and you're just like immersed in that for, for a while? And the fact that you don't need to do anything about it, that you can let your awareness be the one that guides the process. And just be a be a student of your awareness and, and follow. <laughs> follow the guidance that it comes through you, first and foremost. And then opening up into the world, can you see how much you're overindulging the shadows of the world and co-creating a density by doing that? And can you do the same that you do with yourself but with a collective energy? Can you allow yourself to play with the gifts of the collective shadows and wonder and, and question yourself like what is the gift in, 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 in this and can you allow this exercise to be something that you contemplate did you just give some space to it And, and if you do, <laughs> I would love to hear from it. 
I would love to hear how these lands in your heart. And yeah, and what might spark within you. So thank you for being here. I always, always appreciate the time you spend um, with me in space and time. I know that these, I said it in, in the previous episode, like, I'm tapping more and more into this idea that the podcast episodes are more like pockets of timelessness because the moment that I'm recording is not the moment that you're listening but we're still sharing a moment in a different timeline and I'm really grateful that you're here for that so with that I'm gonna leave you and love you and I'll see you the next time I want to deeply thank you for the time we just shared together. My intention with this conversation is that you find something you really needed today. And if you think it may serve someone you know, just pass it on. I also want to invite you to come over to nourishingwitch.com and there you will find my readings, my upcoming courses and everything that I'm creating at any given point in time. And with that, I want to send you into the world with a big, big blessing. May you be blessed. And as you are, may you be a blessing to others.